we're doing something a little different on the scripture reading. We have a, uh, a contributor that I would uh, just let you guys know, and uh, he's going to ask you guys to stand in just a moment for the reading of God's word, but I put him on a video, and uh, I believe it'll be a blessing to you to hear from a new voice uh, as we worship the Lord and lift him up by reading his word and then applying it to our own lives. So let's check out this uh, presenter that I'm talking about as we share our scripture. Good morning, church. I'll be reading from the uh, book of Romans, chapter 8, verses from 1 to 11. And please stand up to honor our word of God. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because though Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from law, and sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live accordance with the spirit of their minds set on what the spirit desires, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor it can do so. Those who are in realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Amen. Amen. Let's give Oscar a hand. Good job, buddy. And Oscar, tell everybody how old you are real loud, real quick. I'm 77. I'll be uh, 78 in four months. In about four months, 78. All right. Yeah, well, let's give him a hand. Thank you for your passion for God's word. I just want you guys to know, no, 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 don't sit down yet. Don't, no, no, you got to stay standing because I want to honor something else about Oscar real quick. Not only is he a veteran, uh, and thank you for your service and all those others as well. Can we give our veterans a hand this morning as well? But this guy has wisdom that you probably have not really considered. I want to show slide number six. Check this out. Uh, yeah. The man's got moves at 77. I'm just saying. He's like, he comes in the other day right before we go off to our uh, mission of Yahweh. And he goes, hey, Donna, come here. I want to take a picture of me flexing and you flexing. I think it was just an excuse to put his arm around Donna. Can I get an Y'all agree with me? The man's got moves. Hey, we respect it, sir. We get it. And uh, good job. And uh, I think actually Oscar's got her beat. 
right? I mean, just a little bit. But I'm not going to lie. I don't flex any muscle around Donna ever. Can I get an amen? Like you walk by and you're just like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, before we sit down, turn and wave and say hello to somebody. We got some of you back in the house for the first time in a couple of weeks, in a couple of months, maybe even in a year. But God bless you for being here. It's so good to see you. Wave. Say hello. God bless you guys. Appreciate you. And you can be seated. All right. Well, we are talking and speaking today about headspace. And if you did get that, you know, go ahead and dismiss the kids. If the kids would like to go back, uh, I believe we've got some teachers back there going to be taking care of you. And if you did get that email and you did read through that email, you know that uh, there was a, uh, a kind of a blurb saying that we're going to be dealing with social media today. And this is not necessarily something that doesn't need to be talked about because the truth is, is that they tell us that most people spend an average of about 17 hours a day online. And uh, that includes everyone. And if you go to the younger demographics and drop those younger demographics down, kind of eliminate some of our older folks, then the numbers just increase. And so it's very important for us to talk about anything that takes us and, and kind of consumes our minds for about 17 hours per week. That's more than two hours per day. I'm not very good at math, but even I can do that, right? And so let's talk a little bit about where we've been, and then let's talk a little bit about social media and what it does to our headspace. And beginning, let's talk about the very first place we were, and uh, that has to do with our week number one, our step number one of kind of getting ourselves in the right headspace. We talked about how we quiet the noise, that we've got a lot of things coming in us and at us, and so we've got to be very careful just to quiet the noise. And then the second week, we talked a little bit uh, about not just quieting the noise, but how we feel again, because the truth is, is that we are all experiencing the same thing, that we just don't feel things the way that we used to because we just don't have the bandwidth or the headspace. And by the way, think about this. How many times did you hear about bandwidth and headspace back in the day? You did not. But these days you're hearing about it in reference to the people that you know and as well as referencing yourself. And then last uh, week we had Daniel with us. We're going to talk about him in just a minute. But right before that, we talked about how we should reach out. And that was step number three, how we reach out and be a person who's living on purpose. And uh, it is so important and so vital. Now, real quickly, I want to start off today by just sharing some things with you and just kind of getting heart to heart and leveling down just a little bit. And we say, okay, wait, before we kind of go any further, I want to talk with you just gut level here. This message, I promise you, if you're at all involved in social media, which most people are, this message can change your life. What I'm about to share with you can literally change your life. But I want you to not misunderstand at all. Nothing that I'm saying today is coming from a place of judgment. It's not coming from a place of you're terrible, you're awful, you're horrible, because that's not at all how I feel. I believe that this is something that has to be talked about and we are going to talk about some real numbers, some real actual surveys, as well as some things that are done on people's computers kind of in the background. And as we talk about that, it may be that you come to a place where you're like, you know, he's feeling like he's kind of jumping on my toes a little bit. I promise you that's not my intention. 
But if I told you that you had an extra 17 hours, or if you could reroute yourself and get an extra eight hours in your life each and every week, how many of you know that that extra eight hours is a full day's worth of work that you could put on something important in your life, right? And so I want to talk about not being a person who doesn't touch social media, because I don't think that that's not, it's not really feasible in our modern world, because one of the things that as I've studied a little bit of social media, they say that you cannot escape social media's reach and influence. It's where business goes on. How many of you guys in here deal with some of the social media stuff on your business, right? Or you keep up with your kids that are living across the country. I've got a daughter that, I've got three daughters and all three of them live out of state pursuing, you know, degrees and things like that. And so because of that, it's difficult for me to keep up with them, but I want to know what's going on in their life. I know when my daughter was overseas teaching English in Japan, the things that we learned about her and the things that we connected with her through technology were absolutely life-giving to me. And so I do not want this to come across as a poke in the chest over and over and over again. But there are some incredible positives, but there are also some pitfalls. And we've got to be very careful that we do these things in such a way that we come away with a healthy perspective on it. And I also especially want to talk just a little bit to the young people. We're going to talk a little bit to the young people, and I want you to hear where I'm coming from. This is exactly what I told my daughters as they grew up. I said, we're going to talk about the things that are true of a generation and another generation and things like that. It seems very poke in the chest, very judgmental when somebody who is not in your generation speaks about your generation. I do not want that to be your feeling. I am a father of kids who are in their 20s. That means my oldest is what's called a millennial. My next two are what they would call, they're calling the iGen, iGeneration. And those who have basically grown up all of their lives with cell phones in their pockets and social media in immediate access. So I have two kids that I would literally lay my life down for in an absolute nanosecond who are a part of the kids that I want to reach out and talk to today. So if you could just give me a little bit of grace and understand what I'm talking about is not at you, it is for you. And I want to encourage you because I, I do realize just a little bit about how you're dealing with these things or struggling to deal with these things. Just a little, I don't fully understand, but I do just a little bit. I also wanna just remind you, adults, this is not just for the kids, this is for you as well, all right? So I want you to know that I cannot be your mentor Unless occasionally I am your tour mentor. Can I get an amen, right? Okay, so I'm today maybe your tour mentor, but for those Harry Potter fans in the house, at least I am not today a D-mentor. Can I, any Harry Potter? All right, a few of you, all right. You know what a D-mentor, okay. So do I now. All right, so there you go. I just wanna share these things with you and I wanna encourage you with the things that we say. And can I just say one more thing? Before we jump off into this, can I just remind you of one thing? If the world is getting darker, just a little bit of light goes a really long way, right? 
And if you are dealing with a generation who struggles in face-to-face connection and is better online than they are in person, here's the good news. If you do just a little bit of good in person, you stand out like you were a rock star. And so today I tell you just a little bit of change in the things that you do and your habits can make an absolute massive difference. I'm talking about a difference that could pay you in the tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars difference in your lifetime if you will listen and say, you know what? If every kid that is a part of my generation and and every kid that is a part of the people that are being hired goes around like this at their school or at work, if I will put this away and look at the people that are going to hire me and pay my salary for the first 20 years of my career, it's a really important thing because it can change your life financially as well as otherwise. Now, let's begin with Romans 8, 1 that Oscar read for us and begin with the very first words, there's no condemnation. I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to share some news with you and share things with you. Okay, so very quickly, the positives of Facebook. I shared with you guys last week, I believe, about the positives having to do with keeping in touch with people like the Spears, uh, how you can stay in touch with them all the way around the world, and literally in the nation of Japan, you can be a part of their work. But if you begin to read social media articles like this one that's uh, on this next slide, you know it talks about different parts. And here's one of the things that it says. It says that these days, the people that have the most influence and the loudest voice online are usually the people who have problems being considered stable in real life. I'm going to say that again. You know this to be true. Sometimes the best way to draw a crowd is make a really, really loud noise and make sure that people heard you across all, even if they disagree, at least they're sharing your content. This is why, according to this article by Timothy Keller, they tell us that these days, even if you are a person who's extremely liberal or extremely conservative, it doesn't really matter Because if you are extremely anything, you are more likely to get an audience. But here's the problem for the rest of us who aren't looking to get an audience. We're just looking to consume content. Here's the problem. That in the process of that, that means we no longer see ourselves on a spectrum towards one side or the other. We just see two armies of people and a huge gap in the middle that got eliminated and gobbled up. That's why if you were a person who leans to the left, you might have muted people that lean to the right on your Facebook. Can I get an amen on that, right? By the way, be careful what you bring up on Thanksgiving. Just saying, all right, just saying, you might not get a present if you're not careful. (laughs) Or if you're a person that leans incredibly to the right, you probably have muted people on the far left on your Facebook or in your social media feeds because you just don't want to hear what they've got to say. You don't see them as people with opinions. You see them as a part of the other army. And by the way, you can't talk about an army without realizing that we're in the terms of combat and war. And doesn't it feel like a war zone out there on social media? Can I get an amen from everyone in the house today? Amen. So if we're going to change things, then we got to do less of that stuff. And we got to find that middle ground just a little bit more. So very quickly... Let's talk about some things, things that we are finding here. Uh, and by the way, I think I mentioned this, but in that article, before we move on, they said that most of the people that we know as trolls 
Most of the people that are the farthest ends of those spectrums that no longer seem to exist, the reason that most of those people have gone there and become that online persona that's different, the reason is because they have found most of them what has, they are experiencing what they have called a spoiled identity. In other words, who they are in real life has let them down. So they recreate themselves in a new way online where they don't actually have to have substance. They just have to have words and they just have to have a loud voice. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Crazy, right? So you think about the people that are making you the maddest. They're probably the people that don't have an actual life that you want to emulate in the first place. So let's keep moving here. Carrie Newhoff podcast uh, is this right here. A lot of information that I'm going to be sharing today is from August 11th, 2021, episode number 435. And he actually interviews in this episode, this lady that is the author of this next slides book here. And it is a professor and psychologist at San Diego State University who also wrote the book called Generation Me. Her name and the way that you pronounce it is Jean M. Twenge. And she is a PhD. She is basically a person who looks about the things that are going on in surveys and digests and helps us understand the things that we've learned. This is called iGen, why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood and what it means for the rest of us. Now, you might be going, I don't know about all that. I don't know if they're not prepared for adulthood. Let me ask you guys a question. If you were over the age of, let's say, 40 years old, were you at the DMV to get your driver's license within a week of turning 16? Can I see your hands if you were? Right? You realize that the age of coming and going and getting a driver's license is going closer and closer and closer to 18 and 19. There's some kids that don't want a driver's license until they absolutely have to have one. It's because we're growing up a little slower as far as responsibilities and as far as taking responsibility for ourselves. We're relying more on the parents and the parents, we're not necessarily doing a great job of raising adults we're doing a really good job of raising kids, but we're not doing a very good job of raising adults. How many of you guys see the difference? Y'all see the difference? You do a good job of raising those kids, they're not getting in trouble. But then the minute that they get away from you, you're not there to tell them what to do and how to do it and do it for them in many ways. And then they're out there and they feel overwhelmed. This is why anxiety in young people is skyrocketing Partially because of what they're used to and what they have faced, but partially because of what we're doing for them and not doing to prepare them to do for themselves. If you guys are with me, give me an amen real quick. Amen. So as we move on, we understand what she's got to say and some of the different things that she's found. They've done a ton of research, tons of surveys, and I want to share those research findings with you. Let's go to this next slide. Here is a graph, and this is super important, this is very important, that we look here closely and we see, it's, it's me, I'm, I feel like I'm just a tiny bit hot. Naeem, do you mind maybe figuring if I'm just a tiny bit in game? I, I didn't mean I'm hot, I meant my microphone was a little too hot, picking up a little too much information here. Okay, so very quickly, if you look at the slides here that are coming up, you're going to see 
this huge change in the year of 2012. In the year 2012, as best we can tell, there was a tipping point. Things were building, 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 and then it fell off the cliff for a lot of people because what was kind of before initially an idea that you could maybe be involved or maybe not be involved, you could use a cell phone or not use a cell phone, it became the tipping point where everyone had a cell phone and kids were growing up online as much as in person. You guys with me? 2012. Look what happens to 2012, and this is self-competence and self-liking. That means I basically like myself, and I basically feel like I can do things for myself as a young person. Look closely what happens whenever we put our children and their whole life online. Suddenly, they like themselves less, and they feel less confident to do things. And can I just say something? I don't know about y'all, if y'all have tried to help your children with homework, man, these kids are stinking smart. I'm telling you, they know stuff that I didn't know. I try to fake it when my daughters would be like, Dad, can you help me diagram this sentence? I'm like, sure, I can. And then I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Man, it was like, what is this? College age material you're studying, sweetie? She's like, no, it's eighth grade, Dad. I'm like, ah, it's bad. They're really smart. But the problem is, is that we are not built to live our entire lives in front of all of the world 24-7. And we're pushing kids who are still struggling to find their own way out there to do that. And here's what I mean. How many of you are glad that there weren't cameras around every single place that you went when you were growing up? Can I get an amen, right? Oh, my word. Can you imagine? It doesn't actually ever go away. You know, those things that you post online? There are literally NFL players that have literally had their draft stock drop and lost millions of dollars. They've lost millions of dollars because of the fact that they posted things online and social media when they were 14. And then when they came to be 21 years old, came back to bite them in a big way, cost them millions of dollars because they're just not built for being all the time online when they're 14, 15, 13, 12, nine years old in social media. Okay, so very quickly, this is what happens and the graph is absolutely dramatic. Let's go to this next slide very quickly. This is depressive symptoms among eighth graders, 10th graders, and 12th graders. This is very, very important. This is depressive symptoms. So it's not even just asking a child, do you believe that you might be depressed? It's not even asking them these questions. It's questions of not being able to sleep. It's questions of not being a person who ever feels joy. A person who constantly thinks about self-harm. These are the numbers. And you can see once again that 2012 mark. And the spike is scary. You guys see that? It's so important that we grasp that this stuff is happening. And here's the deal. For us we got to be very careful and cautious that we are not doing things that hurt them and harm them. Okay. All right. I'm so, is it, is, it's just me? Do I need to drop this down just one notch or something? Just put it on my rear end and leave it alone. Okay. All right. Naeen's back there keeping me in line as usual. Okay. Very quickly, here is the big idea. We've got to show intention in what we allow to have our attention. And that is true for kids 
It is true for adults. It is true for teenagers. It is true for grandparents. It is true for you if you have grandchildren that you encourage them and help them in these areas. Very quickly, let's talk about what we're doing here in this something to learn. But before we do, before we do, before we do, we've been saying the big idea out loud together. So let's say it out loud together. And basically in just a minute, I'm going to say one, two, three, and you jump in there and say show intention and what you allow to have your attention. That's the big idea for today. Okay, you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Show intention in what you allow to have your attention. It's so important. And I didn't kind of just throw that up there. I worded it in a very specific way. Do you notice? What you allow to have your attention. You are ultimately the one who will change or not change in response to all the things that we're going to talk about today. I can't change it for you. No one can. It's just you, and it is your decision, and it will determine a lot of the things in your quality of life. Let's go to this next slide very quickly. We talked about this two different times. One more time, I'm sharing with you that biblical Greek has six tenses that are similar to our past tense, present tense, future tense in English. And that one tense is called the present imperative active. And basically it means you begin an action and you keep having that action continuing on and on and on in your life. In other words, the Colossians chapter 2 passage that you saw in the intro video that we've mentioned in the Bible and we've shared with you, Colossians chapter 1 verse 2 could easily say, set and keep on setting your minds on things above. Set and keep on setting your mind and things above. Now, here's where I'm about to get to be your tormentor. Let's be honest. Talking about social media, do you think that every time that you log on to social media, you're setting your mind on things above? Mm, I don't know about all that. I think sometimes you follow some people that are very, very uplifting. You follow people that post Bible verses. You follow the church. And you can do that, by the way. And by the way, I'm hopeful in the new year that we'll be more active on social media because I think it's important. But ultimately, we need to realize that a little bit of good and a whole lot of bad doesn't always help us where we are. And let's go to this next slide very quickly. Can we just agree that online is often a fake place? Masquerading is real. Can we just agree with that? It's a fake place and masquerading is real. That it's a negative and judgmental place at times, right? We know that's true. Would you guys agree with me? I'm going to make sure that you guys are agreeing with me before we go on or else I'm going to have to, you know, I'm kidding. All right. We know that keyboard courage is a real thing. Can I hear an amen on that? That's why you say things that you would never say to people in their, in their face, but you say it online and then usually you regret it because you're like, man, that ain't me, or at least not the me that I want it to be. Can I also just tell you one other thing? Keyboard courage isn't just about getting in arguments. It's also about straying outside of your marriage vows. You got a little more courage behind the keyboard and that anonymity than you would have had you tried to do it in person, get the flat no in person. By the way, I don't know what y'all's self-picture looks like on your, uh, on your socials, but I am amazing. I mean, I look incredible. No, I'm kidding. My profile pic, you know, I'm teasing, teasing. Just joking. The keyboard courage is a space out there. We've got to be very careful that we're not going down that path. And then online is often a place that promotes jealousy. 
True story? True story. Okay, so this is often what we can agree with. Let's go to this next slide. Okay, I've shared this with you guys before, but we talked about uh, a, a fake place masquerading as a real place. Y'all check this out. Some of you remember this, some of you don't. But there's a Twitter post that goes out by Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta. Uh, he, he's known as Bow Wow back in the day, but now he's Shad Moss. And look what he says. Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta press tour starts today. I'm on the move. And you can tell clearly he wants us to know that he is flying in his private jet, jumping out of his Mercedes, good looking Mercedes. Like this is where he's kind of convincing us, right? You guys with me? Here's what somebody did some digging and they saw this post and they're like, hold on just a second. I think I've seen that somewhere before. Check this out. The Fort Lauderdale VIP transportation. Look real close at that picture. Fort Lauderdale VIP transportation. Look real close and I'm going to juxtapose it on the next slide. You can check it out. This is Bow Wow. This is the VIP transport. Do you notice a similarity there? So basically... Little Bow Wow says, I'm hitting the road and this is what I'm doing. But check this out. Another Twitter post goes out and it says, so this guy, Little Bow Wow is on my flight to New York, but on Instagram, he posted a picture of a private jet caption traveling to New York today, shaking my head. Rut row. <laughs> there are always cameras. You will always be found out and probably in a really bad way. So there he is on the plane that is most certainly commercial and not private, but he's trying to pretend. Let's go to this next slide. Bow Wow gets dragged on the internet. If you don't know, if you're old like me, getting dragged on the internet means everybody is piling on and making fun of you in every way possible that they can. Bow Wow gets dragged by the internet for lying about his lavish lifestyle. And Cynthia or Cynthia Barnwell said, Bow Wow clearly needs to act his wage, LOL, right? He's acting like he's some kind of baller, and he ain't. Okay, let's go to this next slide very quickly. The Bow Wow Challenge is a hilarious reminder that everyone lies on social media. This is not Pastor Randy's words. This is the internet's own words about the internet. Everyone is lying on social media. And can I just say, I, I agree with that, because here's what I think. Even if you're not lying, outright lying, you're probably lying by not posting, got a 56 on my test today, nailed it, <laughs> right? So you're, you're going to say something if it's a 96, but not if it's a 56. So all you've got are these posts that say you're doing great in school, then suddenly you are not doing so great in school and everybody's going, but I saw online that they were doing great. Can I tell you that this happens all the time with marriages? Man, they look so happy online. I saw them traveling together, enjoying one another. They were hugging it up on Facebook. Well, not so much. All right, let's go to the next slide. So they decided that they would do what they called the Bow Wow Challenge, where people would pretend to have money that they didn't have. This guy decided he was going to pretend this was his real car, but what he actually only had was there, one that would fit on the backside of his sink. He was pretending that that was his real Porsche. It's not, all right? I like that. I like that Porsche. It's really nice, but I need a bigger one for, for sure. Check out the next slide. This is great. On vacation in Hawaii, Bow Wow Challenge. On the left, it's their, their, their hands folded up so it looks like their knees looking out. But instead, it's just a picture on computer, right? 
So this is the thing. Man, we're, we're posting stuff that we know isn't true about us or we know that is only showing the best of us. And for people who aren't experiencing that life, even if they know that it's not true, they don't know that it's not true. You guys understand what I'm saying? So it's really important that we realize that if we're constantly putting ourselves in that headspace where people are changing the truth, when people are going to be judgmental about you and about me, when we're going to put ourselves constantly in a place that we know is not actually accurate and it can be very, very negative, is it really a surprise that we're struggling with self-like? Is it really a surprise that we're struggling with depression or having our values really clear to us? All right, so very quickly, let's go to this next quote here from Oprah Winfrey. She said, I've done thousands of interviews, and after them all, everyone asks the same question. How was that? Was it good? Do you think that was okay? She said, that includes everybody from Jay-Z and Beyonce all the way down to nobodies. No matter how successful you are, you still want to know that people find you to be interesting, engaging, and this is really, really important. You might forget everything else I said. And by the way, I meant to mention earlier, if y'all want to take pictures, you can get your camera phones ready because I'm going to share some things real quick as we hit the end, suggestions on how to do this. But you might want to get this picture of this quote because I want you to know that Facebook and social medias and stuff like that, the different platforms, they know what they're doing. They're making it incredibly addictive on purpose. And they know that there are downfalls and problems and pitfalls that you're going to have to deal with. But how many of you know where Facebook is these days in the top 20 of companies worldwide? It's big. It's billions and billions and billions of dollars as well as the spinoffs, whether it be IG, Snapchat, you know, TikTok, all the different places that you can go for content. Let's go to this next slide. This is the one that I want you to make sure and hear. Facebook creator, he was a co-creator. His name was Sean Parker. He said, Facebook exploits the vulnerabilities in human psychology, but we did it anyway. We just did it anyway. We knew that it was not gonna create healthier people, but we did it anyway. How many of you know that it used to be hot or not? That's how it started. Did y'all know that? They took two faces put them side by side in the MIT or Harvard, I can't remember, somewhere in Boston. And he put it in there and said side by side, and is she hot or is she not? Is she hot or is she not? And it was basically just judging somebody purely on their exterior. Are they hot or are they not? Now, if you think that that might promote shallowness, you are not alone. <laughs> It's, it's rough out there, especially rough for young girls, especially rough for young girls. I, I don't have time to get into it, but it is tough. And for you to only be judged purely by what you look like and not at all what you are, we've shifted some things that need to get shifted back. So anyway, let's keep talking. Let's go to this next slide. Now, check out these two young ladies you can see. Um, I want y'all to know I'm doing research for y'all out here. I want you to know that I listen to these young ladies podcasts. It's called black girl bravado podcast. 
And I got news for you. I'm not actually in their key demographic. Did you know that? Did you put that together? I'm not in their key demographic. But I want you to listen to what these two young ladies in their 20s said. Here's what they said about social media. Social media can make the most mundane things seem grand. This is not me. This is them. This is them talking, not me. It can make the most mundane things seem grand. It's like, say there's no social media and you were someone who struggles to find a sitter for your kids. And without social media, you're like, I'm fine. I love being home with my kids, my significant other, whatever. But when you engage in social media, all of a sudden you feel like, hmm, do I really love this life? Like, is this really what I want? Because there is another life out there. There's other things that people are doing that I cannot necessarily engage in because of this life that I thought that I loved. And then the other girl chimes in and says, yes, there it is. And I have that too. That's why sometimes I just have to get offline. In other words, it's an envy event. (laughs) It's a jealousy place. And it's hard to kick that, especially if somebody's getting to go out and you don't. Or somebody's man is always doing something nice for them, but yours isn't. Or somebody's wife always looks this way and yours doesn't. Like we don't like it when it puts us in the frame. And imagine what it's doing to our kids who are struggling to know who they are. It's dangerous business, man. It's seriously whacked out and it's difficult for them to find themselves. And we've got to help and we've got to understand and we've got to be clear on exactly how we can beat this back. All right, so let's go on here very quickly. I talked about what online often is. Can we just agree that online always is a place designed to addict you? That slide that I said earlier. We knew what it did. We knew that it preyed on human psychology and its weaknesses, but man, we just did it anyway. We did it anyway. And it's also a blue light exposure which affects sleep. How many of you have ever heard sleep on it so you can make a better decision in the morning? The problem is is that if you are constantly looking at blue light, including things like tablets, computers, and smartphones, it means that you are having a harder time producing melatonin. Your brain and your body thinks it's still like 5 in the afternoon, even though it's 11 o'clock at night. So you will not sleep nearly as well. And there is a sleeplessness anxiety going on in our world today at an epidemic rate, mainly because of the blue light that comes from these. And so if you ever needed a brain reset, but you have spent two, three, four hours trying to make yourself tired by looking at one of these, doing whatever you do in the middle of the night online, it's not going to find you easily because your brain is saying, oh, it's time to wake up. Oh, and by the way, the things that are posted online are the things that are meant to stimulate you mentally. And so if it stimulates you mentally, you'll keep coming back. So stimulate you mentally and make your brain think it's in the afternoon instead of the dead of night. It's not exactly a prescription for a good, healthy night's sleep, which is your reset. You guys with me? Everybody together? All right. Can I get an amen so far, right? Amen. Okay. And then the keyboard courage space. I've already talked a little bit about that. But let's just admit that online is always a time suck. That means you've got to look at the opportunity cost. I won't even ask us all. (laughs) Okay, we're going to do it on the down low. Amen. Right. Okay, but how many of y'all have fallen into a wormhole? Can I get an amen? (laughs) 30-minute wormhole on YouTube. Hour-long wormhole on YouTube. We've been there. We've done that. Happens all the time. And the thing is, is that 
it is always important that you know that if we average 17 hours a week online, that's 17 hours that we can't spend giving good focused time to our family, to ourselves, to serving others, and to knowing God. Be very clear. Social media is taking us away from the God who created us. It can actually give us peace. And we're searching for it in the wrong place. And that brings me to a really, really important thing that I want to share with you. Let's go to this next slide here. The average person is online social media for 17 hours. That's 2.42 hours per day. And by the way, they did a program in the background. And they found that people online at work shift between different apps they check their social accounts 21 times a day or if you take out the people that weren't on socials at all the number spikes to 38 times a day that somebody checks their socials on average per day whenever they're working does that sound like a lot <clears throat> let's go to this next slide very quickly the negative effects of electronic devices on sleep is right here, and you can check that out. And you can see that there's kind of a, a curve that begins up towards two hours, but as you go higher, it just absolutely spikes. And this is for the ninth to 12th graders whose body and brains need the sleep more than anyone else to develop in a healthy way. Let's go to this next slide. Um, here's something to learn. Paul wrote to Christians living in Rome, which is the hub, the hub of philosophies, discourse, and new ideas. Sounds like our modern internet. And Paul spoke of the mind or minds 14 separate times in the chapters of the 16-chapter book of Romans. It meant that it was their mindset and their ability to reason and or reflect. So Paul is touching base with us, and he's saying there's no condemnation here. But realize what you're doing with your mind and your mindset. So let's go to this next slide and reread something that Oscar read to us earlier. From Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 8. It's on two slides. Let's begin. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Let's go to this next slide. And it says, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Listen to me. Let's put this as plain as I possibly can. If you and I are spending 17 hours every week putting ourselves in what we would all agree on its best days are somewhat a realm of the flesh being out there so we can be validated, so that we can be appreciated, maybe consuming content that we would be embarrassed for our families to see that we are consuming, being involved in things that are not really us, but they're kind of a distraction, and getting involved in this online back and forth with people constantly about things that aren't gonna change their mind and they're just gonna raise your blood pressure. Like all of this stuff, it's, the idea of constantly putting ourselves in the realm of the flesh. And if we constantly do that, it's going to be real hard for us to be living according to the Spirit. Let's go online. 
Uh, I said online, but on to the next slide. <laughs> this is our one to remember. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but by, be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. So then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you wanted to memorize a scripture and reprogram yourself, memorize this one for the Headspace uh, teaching series. Okay, let's keep going. And as we keep going, we see this next slide. <laughs> if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. <laughs> Do any of you guys remember this from back in the day? Any of y'all from, yeah, from Bambi? Here are some suggestions. I've got about five of them. Some of them are mine, and some of them are from Miss Twangy that we mentioned earlier, this person. The very first one is, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. I know that sounds so simplistic, but how many of you have gotten pulled into a back and forth that involved you responding at least six different times to somebody just because you couldn't let them have a last word, right? You've done, I, I, oh, it's somebody else, but you know, so, how many of you know somebody at least, right? Right, we've been there. So if you can't say something nice, just don't say anything, man. It just ain't worth your time. The truth is, is that most of the time we don't change people's minds by something that we post on Facebook. We change people's minds by sitting down and having a conversation and listening to them and asking them for the opportunity to be heard. But for most of us, we'd rather shout it out, out in the online space because it takes a whole lot less commitment and a whole lot less of you being understanding and tolerant. And so it's just easier to blast it out and then say, well, I don't care if they listen or not, doesn't matter. Find, this is one of these from Dr. Twangy. find a place and a space, a time as well, for you to have no phone zones. She suggested what I have always been suggesting as well, and that is do a dinner table. No phones allowed at the dinner table. For some of you, that's not going to be very hard for your kids, but for some of you, it's going to be really hard for you. <laughs> Just say, no, I can't have my phone at my, they can live without you for 45 minutes and they will leave a message or they will let you know they're trying to get in touch with you if it's that important. Most of the time, it's not. But have you ever had that experience where you just, you know, that, that sound? And you're like, <laughs> one of y'all just checked your pocket. <laughs> that was me. Have you ever had that experience where you hear the sound and you go, what is that? What could that be? I think I got everybody here that really matters to my life. Who's sending me? What are they texting me about anyway? And then your spouse is still going on because they didn't feel the vibration in the pocket. And you've just checked out because, you know, for what? To find out that you got a $10 Kohl's card, right? Amen. I mean, that's it on your online. Okay. So let's go on here very quickly. Number three, and shout outs to my guy, Manuel uh, Soto, who's usually running the board for us. He told me all about these different places that you could go and different settings on your iPhone. This is where I was thinking you might take some pictures because you can take a picture and see that you've got do not disturb mode, personal mode, work mode, sleep mode, fitness mode, or driving mode. And it prevents all of the things that you need to prevent. And you can set them up very, very powerfully. If you've ever needed to, you could just put your phone in airplane mode too. It works. 
It's like a one swipe down and then punch the button and you're done and you're on airplane mode. And then that important conversation with your child that might not ever be able to be done again doesn't have to be interrupted. Very quickly, we're moving on. Okay. Okay, let's go to this next slide, please. This is how to use your iPhone focus mode. And you can see that and you can find it. This is the video. This is what it looks like on the thumbnail. You can check that out. Let's go to the next slide. And you can see there is also getting to know screen times for iPhone, iPad, iPad Touch, all of these different things. That's what it looks like in the videos if you're looking for the thumbnail. Let's go to this next slide. I told you I was moving pretty quick. Or just if you're just feeling absolutely hardcore and totally metal, you can actually delete an app. Did you know that? You can delete them, including the ones that automatically download onto your phone that you don't actually want on there. Did you know that there are people that actually don't have social media apps on their phone because they don't want to sit at their computer for longer than about an hour at a time? So it's a whole lot more difficult to not lose these tons of time if they just eliminate that little app from their phone. Let's go to this next slide. And I believe this is a good one. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Trying to make it a little bit funny here. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Here's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that some of us are the very cause of our own problems with headspace. We're choosing to bring things into our headspace, even though they're not healthy for us. Did you know that the stress levels of the younger generation very closely mirror the generation that got drafted into Vietnam, the Vietnam War? Did you know that? Here's the thing about stress. Stress only changes, not because somebody points and says, you should change your stress level. The only person that can change your level of stress is you. You have to seek some sort of way of checking yourself when you think, well, who liked my post or who didn't like my post or did that one boy or that one girl not like my post or why did they unfriend me? All of this craziness that's got us in an uproar has got our anxiety level to a level that compares to people who went to war. Went to war. We've got to check ourselves. We have put way too much stock in other things. We've put our mindset in a place that they don't need to be, and we've put it there constantly. And this is your big question. Is your online or social media life a place where you glorify God, both in what you comment on and how you comment on it and what you consume? And is your online life a tool for you, or is it a trap for you. It is so important that you answer that question and get the idea here. Now, here's how you can apply. I've just given you five different ways that you can change your online life. Just take one of them and do it today. Just take one and do it today. And basically, that means reaching back out to someone instead of changing all this time that you've got online. Reach up for the Lord rather than reaching for the cell phone engagement. And resist for just one minute. Do y'all know what that means? They, they tell us that about 30 seconds is all that we really need to resist an urge. And remember how it said that it was designed to exploit human psychology? 
that's happening and that feeling of being online and being connected and not missing out, it feels so good. But if you resist that urge to go back online, what am I missing? What are somebody posting? Did somebody like something? All of that stuff goes away after about 30 seconds. So if we can resist for about a minute or so, you'd be shocked at how many times you don't actually have to get online. (laughs) Crazy, huh? Well, I have a final suggestion and I'm going to put it up on the screen. Here's my final suggestion. The online time that we spend What if we had 442 hours per year to give to God, to give to family, to give to serving other people? That's literally an extra 147 hours per year to give to others that change us, reach in and change our headspace in a positive direction. Pretty crazy. That's a lot. That's 147 hours per piece. But I know what some of you are thinking, and you're going, Randy, this ain't realistic. It's just not. I mean, you're saying give up social media altogether. Who in 2021, 22 is actually giving up social media altogether and living their life totally offline? Well, I will tell you that there are some, but I will also tell you some really good news. I've tricked you because some of you don't math very well, just like me. Uh, I know one of you is an accountant and you're like, I, I, know, I know better than this. Okay, but just let me tell the joke. Let me tell it. Let me tell it. This is only half. This is literally only half of your time that you average online. And if you gave half of it away and kept half in place, I'm not saying that's the healthiest option, but even if you went that far to do it, that's how much extra time you would have on average to give to stuff that actually pulls you out of the holes of depression and struggles with your headspace and puts them instead into places where you serve God and learn more of Him. You're a better father, a better husband, better wife, better mother better child, better young person, better student, all these things that we want to be better at, and yet we can't find any time we can, but we're not making the sacrifice that actually could change us. And then to serving others. It's shocking to me how few Christians actually serve other people, even though we talk all the time about how important it is that Jesus came to serve us and how we're supposed to be using him as in our example, but shocking to me, to be honest. But even if you just said, okay, but half the time, this is what it looks like. It can make a huge difference. So I share with you today, not as a condemnation, but as a place and a way of transformation. You can change your life by just simply changing your social media habits. As crazy as that sounds, that might be all that it takes for some of you. And here's what I would also say as I end. It is important for you to seek the God who can replace your desires. You say, I don't want to change. I began to pray a prayer way back when. Lord, I'm not willing to change, but I'm willing to be made willing. 
And you would be shocked at how God can give you a distaste for things that are unhealthy and give you a taste and a desire and a drive for the better things in life. I encourage you, even if you're not ready, even if you're not willing, ask the Lord to help make you willing. Lord, I'm willing to be made willing. And just watch him answer those prayers. Heavenly Father, as we end, I pray that you would help us change us, transform us, and use us, Lord, as lights in your world. And Lord, for some of us, we're struggling to find light. For some of us, we're struggling to find a headspace where we feel comfortable, calm, and at peace, where we're struggling to find purpose in our life. If that is true of us, I pray you would use us, Lord, in your kingdom's purposes. Use us to serve other people. Give us a distaste for those things which are shallow or fleshly, but instead may we set our mind and hearts upon you. And I pray, dear God, that you would help us to be remade in your image and not chase an image. So very quickly, we're going to sing a song in just a moment. And... Our time is done. But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and in an attitude of prayer, I'm not in any way coming at you or condemning you, but maybe today one or two of you would say, you know, I I do actually feel like this is something that could change my life and I want to make some changes. And I want to ask that the Lord would help me with those changes, that he would help me to commit to these things instead of just simply learning about these things and not making the change. I know this is a hard lesson, and I know that this is a hard teaching, but it is something that could bring absolute revolution in your life if you allow it. So let's please let this be something that is between you and the Lord and keep every head bowed and every eye closed. But maybe today you would just say, you know what, I I really do kind of feel like I need to make some changes and I need the Lord's help because it's not gonna be easy. And you wanna just simply lift your hand. I'm not gonna embarrass you or call your name out, but God bless you. Is there another who is here today? May God bless you as well. Anyone else who is here today, just say, you know what? I need help. May God bless you. Is there someone else who would say, yeah, this is where I'm at. I need to make some changes. Anyone else? May God bless you. Anyone else? I thank you guys so much for your time and for your attention. Lord, please bless these who have raised their hands. And please work on the hearts if we need more uh, to give more of ourselves to you. I pray that you would direct and lead in each and every heart so that we might be the people you desire for us to be. In Jesus' name we pray.